0: Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. We are finishing up our sermon series called The Rhythm of Life, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But of course, we always start with a scripture passages scripture passage, that is, and this comes from the book of Exodus. I'm going to read verse uh, verses 29 through... Let me start again. This is from Exodus chapter 35, verses 20 through 29. Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing, and brought the Lord's offering to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the sacred vestments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of a willing heart, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and pendants, all sorts of gold objects. Everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue or purple or crimson yarn or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned ram's skins or fine leather brought them. Everyone who could make an offering of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's offering. And everyone who possessed akasha wood of any use in the work brought it. All the skillful women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and crimson yarns and fine linen. All the women whose hearts moved them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx, stones, and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece, and spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense." All the Israelite men and women whose hearts made them willing to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. May God's blessing be on the hearing and living out of this word. So one of the things that uh, I have had the privilege of doing over the last several years is occasionally serving as a mentor to people who are entering the ordination process in the United Methodist Church. And I just started meeting with a woman named Young Sun. Uh, she is a student at Garrett Evangelical Seminary and is, as I noted, starting the ordination process. And so whenever I have served as a mentor, I meet with them from time to time and talk about their call and all of the different things that they are experiencing one thing that I've noticed in my meetings with a young son that I have come to really appreciate is that uh, almost every time that we meet, she brings something for me, and often it is food. And the first time or two, I thought, oh, this is such a, a lovely gift that she has given to me. And so it, it ranges from uh, oranges to Korean snacks to chocolate, and it's Every time that we meet, it seems like the offering that she gives me, in a sense, uh, increases. So the last time that we met, she brought this big, big bag of all of these things. And there was a part of me that just felt like, ah, I felt a little uh, like I didn't deserve all of the things that she was bringing to me. I was, after all, just meeting with her, listening, offering encouragement, perhaps a little bit of guidance here and there. And so it got to the point where I was like, I don't really know how to respond to this until finally I realized, receive it. This is something that she, uh, I assume, enjoys doing. This is out of her own sense of hospitality. This is out of her own ministry, is to, to share and to give in this way. And who am I to not receive it? And so instead of feeling a little guilty about receiving these gifts, I have now come to enjoy them, though I don't want her to feel like she has to do it every time still. Well, we are finishing up this series I noted called Rhythm of Life, where we are talking about things that we believe that God has offered to us to help our lives flourish. January is often a time for us to reflect on that. And rather than trying to find just the best day planner or the best app, uh, we have focused on what we are calling rhythms of life. God given ways for us to truly Live into the lives that God has given to us. A few weeks ago, we talked about rest and Sabbath, and then two weeks ago, we talked about connecting and community. Last week was prayer, and this week we are finishing by talking about giving and service, which has made me, which made me think of of young son. So, as I first reflected on this particular sermon with the congregation that I'm serving now, I was a little bit hesitant because I thought I'm preaching to the choir. Because even though it's a small congregation, so many of the people in this congregation have been faithful over the decades and continue to serve and give in so many ways. And so I wondered, is there anything new that I can share with these folks who are already giving so much of their lives and time? But I think there's still some things in this passage that can continue to help us to strengthen our faith lives, both this congregation and hopefully you listening too. Well, let's take a look at this passage from Exodus. This particular passage is one that's not often read, I don't think, in in scriptures. It's not in what's called the lectionary series of assigned scripture readings that pastors go through. But instead it's one passage that I've drawn on a few times over the years. I still to this day find it inspiring. So again, here's an overview of the book of Exodus. There are 40 chapters in Exodus. Most of the attention is understandably spent on the first half of Exodus. This is where we find Moses and the escape from Egypt and the parting of the Red Sea. This is all the Charlton Heston stuff. Chapter 20 is the mention of the Ten Commandments. So this first part of Exodus may, if you have any kind of sense of Growing up in the faith, or as I noted, even if you've seen the movie Ten Commandments, you kind of know the story here. But we're looking at today the latter part of Exodus. And this is dedicated to what the scholar Walter Brueggemann calls the hosting the holy. So in chapter 25, Exodus 25, God says to Moses, Have them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. So we have a building project going on. So over the next several chapters from 25 and continuing on through uh, the early 30s, there are moments of great progress, but also some moments of backsliding. In Exodus 32, you may know the story of Moses going up to the mountain the Israelites are impatient. Moses isn't coming down from the mountain. So they go to Moses' brother Aaron and they are looking at their watches saying, where's Moses? And they get uh, in their impatience. They start worshiping a golden calf. So there is a progress and there's backsliding. But reconciliation happens between God and the Israelites and now they're ready to get back at it. And that brings us to today's passage from chapter 35. Now they actually have to build something. The remainder of Exodus is dedicated and detailed about what this sanctuary is to look like, what it's to be made of, and that's where the reading may get a bit tedious, except for those who really enjoy interior decorating. But I think there is still some richness here in this passage that we read today and how it relates to how we give and what we have to offer. There are three things I want to lift up from this passage, hopefully that all of us can think about when we think about our own uh, giving uh, and serving. First thing that I want us to notice is the emphasis on what I'm calling allness. What do I mean by that? I don't know if you picked up when I read the passage and if you didn't go back and read again, it's Exodus 35, 20 through 29. Notice the use of the word all and the use of the word everyone in this passage. Seven times, the word all is used. It's right off the bat. Then all the congregation of the Israelites. And there are six mentions of everyone. So in verse 21, and they came, everyone whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. So here we see the notion that everyone is involved, not just a few, not just those who seemingly have the most resources or who are the most talented, but Everyone is engaged in serving and giving. Again, this is a quote from Walter Brueggemann on this passage. He says this, The use of the phrases concerning religious motivation and the recurring, quote, all, unquote, of comprehensiveness yield a picture of a community alive, bestirred, and energized to act well outside itself and well beyond any conventional practice. This is a, a group of people who are fired up. They are ready to serve. They are ready to be engaged. They are ready to give. And it tells me that everyone has something to offer. I think that word is intentional. Everyone has something to offer Everyone has something to give, no matter what it is. Now, this is a common theme that I've tried to always mention in churches that I've served or people that I've been a part of or groups that I've been a part of. But it's still something that I feel so strongly about. No matter what you think about yourself or how you think others perceive you, that you have something to offer. And by not doing so, I think you are withholding something that can be truly that can truly help communities flourish. One of my favorite uh, children's books, I talked last week about a children's book, uh, and Dr. Seuss, and this week uh, I thought about a book that our daughter had called Ruby the Copycat. The basic premise of the book is that Ruby is new in this classroom. Uh, it's probably going to want to say first or second grade. And there's another girl in the class that Ruby is really taken a liking to named Angela. And Ruby is so enamored with Angela that she begins to do or wear anything that Angela does. Angela has a nice bow, Ruby goes and gets a bow. She notices that Angela has certain clothes, so Ruby does everything she can to wear the same clothes. Angela shares a poem in class. Ruby essentially plagiarizes that poem and also reads the same thing. The teacher has a talk with her about this, and then Ruby makes the decision to start copying the teacher including the teacher's fingernails. So everybody was a little exasperated with Ruby, and so finally they ask Ruby, what did she do over the weekend? What can she offer? And Ruby said, well, I hop. Now at first there's some snicker of laughter from the classroom and everything else, but then she gets a little defensive and then begins to lay claim to this gift of hopping. And then the story begins or continues on with Ruby leading her classmates in a dance slash hop around the classroom. And everyone realizes that Ruby, even if it's as simple as hopping, this is Ruby's gift. This is what she can offer. And the same is true for us. Take from this passage, everyone has something to offer. And this brings me to the second point about the passage when it comes to giving, and that is notice that there is diversity in the kinds of gifts. So these first two points, I think, are kind of related, that every had, everyone has something to offer, and there is beauty in the different kinds of things that people can offer and give. Did you pick up on all the different things uh, that are offered in the building of this sanctuary? There's silver and bronze, leather, yarn, goat's hair, and also different kinds of service and a skill set and in one of the verses it says all the skillful women spun with their hands so it's both materials everyone can offer something from beautiful stones to wood to being able to offer their own gifts and graces and talents too all of these things matter in the creation of this sanctuary and the same is true i think in our own communities that every gift matters Because there is a wide variety of gifts to be shared, and they all make up the beauty of what community can be. So again, I think about the congregation I'm serving and just all the different ways that they serve. And especially for those who do the -the behind-the-scenes work. Sometimes in churches, people might say, Oh, this person reads scripture really well. Or this person has wonderful gifts of leadership and they lead a a certain committee. Or maybe even some laity preach. So these are the things that maybe get the most attention because they're the most visible. But I've always tried throughout my ministry to also lift up and honor those who do the behind the scenes work the people who, the handful of people who clean up uh, after an event the kinds of people who who cook, the kind of people who put up banners in the sanctuary and clean up the flowers after they have lost their petals, all of these small little things that don't often get noticed. But these kinds of gifts matter too. And so everyone has something to offer, no matter how large or small. And so as you reflect and maybe have a sense of what. I'm not sure what I can offer. I hope that you can remember Ruby and her gift of hopping and also think about what is something that you can offer and please do not hold back from it. This sense of giving and serving as part of the rhythm uh, that we live in or that we should live in anyway, that that rhythm of, of rest and being in community, the rhythm of prayer and giving and service, all of these things uh, are integrated into our own lives. Now, finally, the last thing that I want to lift up from this passage is uh, there is a Y here, and not the letter Y, but W-H-Y. That is, there's motivation. Now, let's back up a little bit earlier in uh, in this chapter. The offering is authorized by Moses. It says, take from among you an offering to the Lord, and instructions are given by Moses. And today's passage is the response to that. Now, I want you to notice again, go back to verse 20 And it says, then all the congregation withdrew from the presence of Moses. I don't know if this withdrawal was just a matter of them going to get the materials needed, but I think there's something more to it than that, especially because of verse 21. I'd like to think that they withdrew to reflect, to ponder, to pray. There's a deeply felt religious motivation throughout this passage, Listen to these phrases. There's hearts are stirred, spirits are willing. There's willing hearts, hearts are moved. Again, hearts are willing. This is not just a financial transaction. This is not just Moses making a command or making an ask and people rolling their eyes and saying, All right, we'll do this. There seems to be a spirit of excitement, of joy a realization that this is what God is asking for me, and people are going and responding in that joyful kind of way. I realize that when we give or serve sometimes, whether, again, it's in a church or whether it's in your family or whatever you might be a part of, there are certainly times and days when we serve or give out of duty, meaning, well, if I don't do it, then no one else will do it. Believe me, I've been there, I've done that. That's part of giving and service too. But even in those moments when we think we do it grudgingly because we feel like no one else is going to do it, I hope that we can withdraw, follow the Israelites example and withdraw a bit, get back to prayer and reflection and ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Even if it's just something that we know has to get done and won't be very fun in doing it, we might ask ourselves, why am I doing this? And then maybe have a sense, even a small sense, that the Spirit can still be at work, moving us, inspiring us, so that the work, even the work that's filled with drudgery, that that work can still be something to be offered and utilized so that God can continue to do God's work. The very first church I pastored, also a a small congregation when I got there, And it was my first experience of being a pastor, and uh, I didn't really know that that included having to take care of a building, too, and the building had some issues, including there was flooding uh, at times in the basement. And at first, I thought, well, this is just part of the deal of of being part of a church. But uh, there was one particularly uh, heavy rain, and the, the rain flooded into the basement until literally it was up to my shins. And I saw this and it was a busy day and I had to get work on my sermon. And I just thought, you've got to be kidding with this and had those moments of, I did not go to seminary to bail out a basement, but there was a man in the congregation named Troy and Troy was one of those people I talked about earlier who did all the behind the scenes stuff. And so he told me to please let him know if ever he needed or if ever we needed help with the church building. So in my desperation, I thought, I need help here. So I called Troy, and Troy came over, and I was grateful for him. And so I'm slogging around in the basement trying to figure out how we're going to get this water out of here. Uh, And as I'm going uh, through all of this, uh, we're sloshing around in the water. And then he stops, and he turns, and he gives me a huge smile. And I'm thinking to myself, what is this guy thinking? And he smiled and said, you know, this is kind of fun, isn't it? (laughs) And I kind of, I I had to chuckle. My first reaction was to want to scoff at his sunshiny outlook, but before I said anything, his smile disarmed me. And I thought about the water surrounding me and I realized that God had graced me with a smile in the midst of my uh, anxiety and my frustration And my discouragement. Troy was able to find that God could still be working in the midst of a flood. Maybe we've heard that too before, going back to Genesis. Even in the flood, God can be present, and that we can know that we are still doing God's work, and we can rejoice and know that it matters that we do. There are so many different ways, friends, that we can give. I hope and pray that you will take to heart that you do have something to offer, even if it's something small, to remember that all gifts are necessary because God's world is made up of a diversity of gifts. And when you make the decision to offer and to serve and to give, that you will pause and withdraw a bit and say, God is a part of this. How can I let God's spirit work through me? Even in the midst of giving and even when we have moments where we think it doesn't matter or that no one is looking, I believe God still honors that and God rejoices when we do. So friends, you have a gift to offer. Please offer it because the world needs it. Amen. Well, thank you once again for listening to this podcast. Uh, we are starting a new sermon series next week, and I'll be back and we'll be sharing more about that. As always, you can reach out to me, christian at urbanvillagechurch.org, uh, or you can find out more about my ministry on my website, and that's christiancoon.com. So until the next time, friends, may the peace of Christ be with you.